Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. This week on Friends, we have all returning friends, and it's a golden one. Suzette Simon. Suzette Simon is the founder of New York Laughs, a New York-based nonprofit that produces free comedy events in public spaces. Diagnosed with stage 2 breast cancer in January of 2020, the Manhattan-based producer is now using laughter in her battle with the disease to raise awareness. Her initiative is called Hashtag Strong Black Boobs, a place to go for the intersection of her own breast cancer journey, information, comedy, self-esteem boosting, and support for communities of color. Noye Brown-West, one of my young stars, is back. Noye, a New York-based Nigerian-American comedian and writer, has been featured in the Boston Globe's Rise column as a comic to watch, and we agree. She's also been featured in NPR, PBS, ABC, Sway in the Morning, and the New York Comedy Festival. Jenny Saldana is here. Jenny is a writer, actress, and stand-up comedian and a breast cancer rock star and all-around hotness. She wrote, produced, and starred in Happy Cancer Chick, a web series inspired by her own battles with breast cancer. She appeared in HBO's High Maintenance, and she has a video series called The Little Brown Girls Show on YouTube and Facebook Live. So check her out. I want to thank all of our listeners of Friends Like Us because because of you, we make some pretty impressive lists. You can hear us on Google Podcasts Now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. You can email us at friendslikeuspodcast at gmail. Our Instagram is friendslikeuspodcast. And Twitter is friendslikeus10. Become more than a friend. Leave us a tip or donation by going to our Patreon page. Go to Patreon backslash friends like us it's a way to keep us going you can donate as small as two dollars and a special shout out to our patreon friends because of you we keep going merch is available with the new logo we have t-shirts hoodies coffee mugs face masks and tank tops all available for purchase just go to my website marinafranklin.com and while you're at it check out my schedule I will never do that again. I'm sorry. And weekly on my YouTube channel, I go live with my assistant to give updates to the show. My assistant, Evelyn Frick. Shout out fans who leave reviews and have guest friends from the podcast like Zainab Johnson, Super Girl, Vanessa Fraction. And yes, Pat Brown was there. Oh, and sometimes we offer free stuff like tickets to comedy shows. And with friends like us, it'll help you feel not so alone because more content is on the way. Most important, tell a friend you know to check us out hope you're enjoying the rest of the summer it's almost over by staying safe wash those dirty little hands wear a mask still if you want to really you should just wear a mask okay get vaccinated just get vaccinated for god's sakes and black lives matter today on friends like us i have my young star noye brown west hey what up and then i have my sister in the struggle strong black boobs who's as simone Ooh. simon yes hey having a little bit of uh of uh lymphedema are we yeah, lymphedema attack. Yep, totally. I mean, like, I mean, basically, I am like an athlete without a sport. Uh, my my sport is actually just trying to live. I'm trying to live day by day. Yes, <laughs> it can be very dominatrix looking. You know, it's kind of like BDSM. You know, like like breast 
drainage, surgery, mastectomy, sexiness. That's what this is. Well, they, I just came from the hospital this morning. I was at, went over to Presbyterian and they asked me if I wanted to do the physical therapy for lymphedema just so I could get the information. Cause they never, it's funny cause they never offered it to me. And she was like, did you ever, I was like, why do I feel like you were supposed to offer this to me? Like maybe when I was going through radiation treatment afterwards and now you're offering it, it's kind of late, but I mean, I could do it just to get the information, but I feel like it's kind of simple. You just hold your arm up, right? <laughs> so it's a little bit more than that. It's about massaging the lymphatic um, uh, conduit in your body so that you are getting the, um, you're making sure that it, it flushes out. So it's not just holding your arm up, but it's also like using your diaphragm to first in, to initiate the process. So it's the right kind of breathing. And then it's um, it's opening up the um, the pathways by um, massaging your underarm as well as these this area here. And then it's about like like lightly touching the skin slowly to um, massage it so that the fluid like flows through your body. So it's more than just hold. I mean, like this is. I mean, any Beyonce concert would help you if you did this. You know what I mean? But no, it's like you know, you gotta do a lot more than that. It's, it's a lot more work. Oh, I haven't really. They were telling me to. I lift weights. They said because I lift weights, that's good exercise. But she said not too heavy because you don't. She said the acid from the workout. You know how it releases. A, I guess acid into your system okay. when you work out. Okay. I, don't, I don't know. Uh -huh. This is the part where I, I really did not pay attention. Yeah. Well, the thing is about cancer, too, is like like they never tell you anything until after. Like you have to actually ask. There's a lot of information out there, but it's not people are not volunteering it. So like you just found out about your lymphedema, um, um, the ability to be able to get, you know, treatment. I mean, a lot of that happens for people. So you it's about um being proactive, but if you're not proactive, then you should have a team around you, like your, your girlfriends, whatever, um, that are, you know, constantly sort of like looking out for you because a lot of things that happen to help you in cancer happens when you're in treatment. Like when you get out of treatment, then it's like, you know, like you're sort of lost and uh, you've kind of wasted a lot of, a lot of opportunities have gone out of the window. Like you can get, I mean, you can get, um, you know, bill, some of your bills covered, you can get transportation to the hospital, you know, um, there's, so, yeah, there's, um, you know, one hospital gave me thousands of dollars in support, like, but you have to be, but that was only because I had two, two kinds of treatment. I had chemo and then I had radiation for the chemo. I didn't know any of this. By the time radiation came, I was asking a lot of questions. And so by the time radiation came, I got support, I got financial support, but you know, I'm still, I was like, oh my God, I could have gotten, you know, transportation and maybe monetary support too during chemo so it's kind of like you you know like when cancer comes it's like a big whirlwind but you have to kind of just um have somebody looking out for you and know that like when you're in treatment there's a lot of stuff that can happen for you and you have to your best friend actually is the social worker but they keep that away from you they keep hitting you know like your your best i mean that's your bbb you know what I mean? your, your social worker should be your bbb <laughs> my social worker would always your mom. My social worker would just always go, really? They said that to you? Mm. <laughs> and then there was a lot of, there's a lot of po politicking in the hospital. So people who know the doctors that you want to complain about, they protect them or they, 
They know they can't really say anything about that doctor. Because I had one that everyone should know. I'll repeat the story again. But after the pandemic, when I went for my mammo at Presbyterian, they only do it once a, once a year after your radiation, which, you know, my oncologist, my surgeon said it should be every six months. She also, my surgeon worked at Presbyterian. She's like, why are they doing it once a year? Asking the doctor at Presbyterian that question, she had an attitude with me. Mm. You know, and on top of that, she told me while she was giving me a mammogram, she was like, t- basically told me I was a fat fuck. She was like, um, oh, my God. oh yeah. She was like, um, do you know there's apps for counting calories and you could be eating the right foods, but you are eating too much of the right foods. I was like, where's the joke? Is there a joke somewhere in this? <laughs> Cause I can't believe you. I'm here for mammal breast cancer. And of course you could talk about my weight, but after a year of being inside and going to see a doctor, you have to somehow say, I know we just all sat at home for a year. <laughs> so I was just, so this is the reason I brought this up too. I was just at Presbyterian. The girl at the reception desk is not vaccinated. Oh, how do you know that? What? How do you know that? Because I asked her. Because she's like, and she told you that. Well, <laughs> I was got close to her during radiation treatment. She's at. She's in the cancer area of radiation where people are going in for radiation. Vulnerable patients. And so I got to know her. I actually really like her. I used to bring them cookies all the time, you know, to get them to do what I want. <laughs> and um, I go, girl, are you vaccinated? She's like, no. <laughs> She's like, but I know I have to. You know, because at Presbyterian, I don't know if you guys saw this in the news, but they did this big, like, campaign where they were protesting getting vaccinated. Here's my thing. You can choose to not get vaccinated, but you cannot work in a hospital. It's true. Exactly. No, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't even get that. I was like, when I saw them on the news, I was cursing at my TV so loud. I was like, get the fuck out of here. You can do whatever you want, but you can't bring your ass around cancer patients, the most vulnerable patients. Are you out of your mind? So then choose a different profession. Mm-hmm. One where you can like be unvaccinated. I'm sorry, that drives me. That drives me insane. And That's I so I, crazy. Now I looked at her and I said, "But you are right, sis." And she's like, "Yes." She's like, "I'm gonna get." I said, "Just don't get the J and J." And she was like, "Yeah." She goes, "Exactly." Why are they still giving that to people? I was like, "That I understand." They tried to give that to my pregnant sister, or actually right after she had her baby, they tried to give her that one. And she's like, no, give me the Moderna, give me the Pfizer, and I want the J&J. I don't know. I say everyone out there fight for not getting the, I can, I completely understand that one. I go, yeah, no, totally. Uh-huh. but you know <laughs> what? I then go into the room. I talk to the doctor, my, my radiation oncologist about this. I go, why are there people here who are not vaccinated? She's like, well, they have to by a certain day. I think it's like next week or something like that. 
she and then the one the student there he said it to me he said the reason they're doing that is because of the unions and the vaccine is not fda regulated yet once it's fda wow. they have to by law like the union wow. has to say yes you have to be vaccinated so Got it. that's why huh fda last time i checked fda had approved a lot of things that are terrible for you so that's crazy that that's part of the right? union agreement that shouldn't mm -hmm. be isn't right i it's just like it's such a mess but i just can't wrap my mind around I know so many people who don't want to get back. I have friends that don't want to get vaccinated and I've had to be patient and I've, I've had to just take a deep breath and understand it and really listen and go, okay, this is your decision, but your decision is affecting other people's lives. So if you choose to not be vaccinated, you should be wearing a mask all the time. You should be social di distancing. You shouldn't be going into a comedy club and affecting other people. I have a lot of friends who, well, actually not a lot. I, I can name two people that have not gotten vaccinated. And I've just kind of in my mind prepared myself for them dying. Cause that's just like the way I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, well, these people are maybe they're going to die. Like, that's what I've prepared in my mind. So I'm not sad or I'm not as sad when it happens or when they get sick, which is really, it's morbid, but that's just what I have to do mentally. Cause I'm just sick of asking them to do it. It is exhausting. You, you're so right. Noye. it's that type of exhaustion is what we're going through. Cause we're preparing for people's funerals in our minds. Yeah, we really are. And it's like people that we're very close with. And I honestly can't believe some of them aren't getting the vaccine. Cause I thought, and, and for me, I don't know. I'm having trouble separating that from thinking that they're not intelligent. Like I'm having so much trouble separating that from their intelligence. And I know, I know some of these people are very smart, but for me, as soon as they said that to me, I just immediately thought stupid. And I have such a problem separating that um, now. And I'm trying, cause I know that's not fair, but. It is hard. Yeah. It is hard. You know why it's hard? Because I take it very personal because I've had people in my family die. Um, and I know that some of these people have also had people in their families die. And I don't know how you don't. I just, I don't know. I, um, I have hopefully Vanessa Fraction is going to be on. She was supposed to be on today. And the reason I think I could share this because she's going to come on the podcast and talk about it. But the reason she couldn't come on is because her children's father passed away from COVID. Oh, my oh sorry to hear that. Wow. And she's going to come on to really talk about it because she's really fed up with people who won't get vaccinated. Um, and, you know, that's her story to tell. I can't wait for her to come on to just put a, a face on it, but I think that's really important. Now, I bring this up also because, you know, Suzette and I are both breast cancer patient survivors, and Noye, you've also had to deal with a hystere hysterectomy. Yeah, and colon cancer that's just going to be reoccurring for the rest of my life, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. <laughs> and um, so. I wanted to say this because, you know, when women go into for healthcare and they've had the vaccine, 
there's an article and there's several articles about when we were talking about the lymph lymph nodes and lymphedema, a lot of misinformation regarding COVID-19 vaccines impact on women's health that has been spreading on the internet. And Dr. Clara Pack of UC Davis Women's Health breaks it down. Though there is no evidence that the vaccine has any direct effect on menstruation, stress may be at play in both attitudes about vaccines and menstrual cycle changes. Women who are due for mammograms should ask doctors how long to wait after getting the COVID vaccine. And some vaccines cause lymph node swelling, which has been known to cause false mammogram results. There is no evidence that COVID vaccines affect fertility or breast milk safety as well. So I, like I just came from the doctor and she was saying that it's true it can cause swelling in your lymph nodes. So when you go for a mammogram close to your, um, uh, if you go for a mammogram close to getting a vaccine shot, you want to let your doctor know that and you don't want to actually do that. Right, Suzette? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think that um, when it comes to your mammogram, your mammogram has to be put on CPT. You know, color people time. Because <laughs> 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 you just, you just got to wait. It's just got, but the thing is like, I mean, talking about like mammograms and vac. I mean, like women, black women put everything on hold. That's the problem. So it's like, you know, it, like women, black women, it's, it's, it's like, it's always a catch 22. It's like, it, it's, it's, so everything gets put on hold, but, but yeah, you definitely need to, when it comes to your mammogram, like. You, you can't mix the two up. One of my friends was in the early group for the, for the vaccine in New York because she's a teacher. So she was in the first group and she was having issues with her lymph nodes and her neck. They're swelling in her glands. And she went in for a mammogram after getting her vaccine very shortly after. Oh. And they weren't sure what was going on because of that. Because at first they thought she had like a thyroid thing. But then they did find lumps in there. But that was when the research was being done for this article, basically. When, So I had seen already that it could cause swelling. So I told her that. Um, I wish I didn't tell her that, though. I'm not going to lie. Because then she started being slower about getting it. Yeah, getting help. So I wish I didn't say all that to her. Because um, she immediately was just like, oh, it was my vaccine. That's why I'm having swelling. And then she was not getting the things checked out that she needed to get checked out. So I get the fear because like I too am someone who has refused like, you know, certain types of cancer treatment for instance, you know, we talk about this is that like, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be on tamoxifen. Actually, I think at this point it's remedix, rem, rem, that I'm supposed to be on. Yeah. Cause I definitely know yeah. I'm going through menopause. Mm-hmm. Ain't no doubt. <laughs> All right, I got to get my hormones checked before so to make sure. What's happening with the Remedix with you? We talked about that, Suzette. Yeah, I mean, I'm on, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I am going from hot to cold, hot to cold. I mean, like, you know, when Meg Thee Stallion talks about hot girl summer, it's a different hot girl summer for me. It, it's like, and I mean, I used to be pretty good about, like, I didn't mind it at some point because I was always cold. And I was like, yo, I can deal with this hot flash thing. I mean, I am finally at a normal temperature, but like, it's also the chills too. Like you're like, my body is just not being regulated correctly. So, um, so yeah, but, um, but I'm fine. I mean, like, cause my mom died of breast cancer. I'm just like, whatever it takes, you know, to, 
to get me past like she died in five years like five years in a day something like that like like i i'm all all for it but the thing is too like it's like we like when it comes to vaccines or anything like people like there's not enough i think medical information about about our bodies as people of color because there's just not been enough people involved in clinical trials there's not been enough you know tests going on it's just like our biology is always, I think, different. So it's like, I can understand the degree of caution. Um, but the thing is too, like they really want black people to get involved in these clinical trials. Like I signed up for when it cancer, like for radiation, I signed up for, to be in part of a clinical trial. It's like, I really, I was like, I want to save lives. And they put me in one between, um, there's a, a radiation that's not as potent as to your, um, your organs as another one. And so I went to that. And, and then I got put into the regular radiation. But the thing is like, I'm being charged now for the test I took for the clinical trial. And I was like, I'm being charged like $1,800 because I, you know, like they told me that my insurance was going to pay. My insurance did pay, but it didn't pay a certain amount. So now they're going after me for $1,800 when I did something to try to help but people. So I, I'm trying to deal with that too. Oh, so, man. so yeah, so it's like we, yeah, so. So I, you know, one of the things too, like if anyone out there, I mean, like, I think we need to get involved in clinical trials just so that other people know. I mean, um, um, I wish I had an article. There was recently somebody from like a major, like, like a major medical journal, mm -hmm. like, like had to leave because he said something, he said like there was no disparities among um people of color when it comes to medicine. And that's, mm. that was just, he had, he was totally forced out and I've, I, I wish I had the article, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, there's a doctor now in England who's trying to rewrite some of the textbooks because they're written in a way where if, you know, like the signs and symptoms of a disease is totally correlated on what happens to a white person, but not a black person. So like you say, the disease like will make a, a white person turn blue, but black people don't turn blue. So doctors will be looking for the blue thing, <laughs> like, and we never turn Blue. And I mean, and that was important to me too, when I was looking for my doctors, like you're having a problem now, an issue with your doctors, but, and I know you went to different doctors too. So, and, but I, I went through like five breast surgeons and wow. six plastic surgeons and uh, two oncologists and two radiologists to get Whoa. to my team. So yeah, cause I wasn't happy with the first breast surgeon I saw, like she just, and I had two friends with me and I tell people like, it's really, really good to have friends in the room because you don't want to say that it's you reading, you know, because you're all, your mind is like swimming with this notion that you have cancer. So you just want to make sure that you have somebody that is thinking clearly. And so I had two friends in the room. They were like saying the same thing. Like they didn't think that doctor was, was there for me. And I knew, and this has to be, this is like a lifelong, this is like a marriage. You know what I mean? It's got, I got, I'm going to be this woman probably longer than any time I'd be married. So it's like, so I just knew I had to get out of there. And, um, and, and also cause I went through it with my mom. And so, and I, we just felt totally helpless. So I didn't, I just, for my mom, I just had to feel like I had more power in the situation. So that's why I made sure I found the team that I really, really liked. Wow. That's so important. I tell people that all the time that they need to switch doctors if they don't like it. A lot of people don't do that. I think I switched doctors too late. I could have still had a uterus if I, if I switch doctors in time. So that's very important. Yeah. I mean, like everybody rushes. That's the thing is like, they all rush you into treatment and you have to find out like, wait a minute, do I have a week to think about it? Like, 
Like, what are my options? Like, don't immediately, you know, it's hard when you're sick and they're telling you all these things to not put the brakes on it, but you have to find out if you can put the brakes on it. Yes. That's so important. What you just said, you have to find out the treatment. I, I kept telling that to, um, believe it or not, there was someone else. It's like, Suzette, it's like, remember when we talked, you didn't know you were just going in and there was, oh, yeah. You were so sweet. Thanks, Marina. I was just like, you know, it's just so, it's like just so eye-opening to me how many people I've told about my breast cancer and then I find out they have breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And um, it is that thing where there was someone, I can't really say who it is, but there was someone who basically covered my story and then she had breast cancer. Oh. And I had to tell her, you know, you know, because she was hesitant about doctors in LA with plastic surgery because they are really into plastic surgery in LA, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. And she was like, I don't like the fact that they're really into like cosmetic, like, you know, the Hollywood thing. And I was like, yeah, so just so you know, you have time. If you have time, ask your doctor if you have the time. You don't have to rush into your, your treatment, you know, if you have that. Because a lot of people don't, like you said, Suzette, that's so important. A lot of people don't realize that with cancer, especially breast cancer, that there is some time. Not everyone has that. So you do have to yeah, find no, yeah, out. Yeah, of course. But there's no rush if there's no rush. And you're right. That first doctor I had was talking, doing Trump jokes. <laughs> um, and he just, something about him was off. He was, he seemed to be arrogant. I get rid of all arrogant doctors. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. Cause I also want to know if doctors have had patients of color because there are things like keloids and things like that. It's like, like for the plastic surgeons, I looked at their portfolio. I mean, I wanted to see, you know, and I was like, specifically show me your patients of color. And one, one breast surgeon I really, really loved. And then when I went to see her like partner plastic surgeon, I was, I said no, because I looked at, and I was like, I, I looked at the pictures and first of all, the, this breast surgeon was trying to talk to me. I had a double mastectomy, double B's, double B's. So I had a double mastectomy. And so, um, but she was trying to talk me out of getting the double mastectomy because of the odds. Like I don't really need it, whatever, whatever. She would give me a lot of statistics. And so I went in to talk to him and he was telling me the same thing. And then I looked at all these photos. It was like a bunch of black women, same thing. Like just like the, and my mom had a unilateral mastectomy. So at that time we weren't talking about it, but I'm sure like her self-esteem was affected because I don't even know at that time, 30 years ago, if she was even offered or knew that she could have reconstruction. So this woman was like, like kind of left alone. You know what I mean? Like moms are stoic, you know what I mean? But she, I mean, her body was messed up. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, like a huge droopy boob, you know, she could use for soccer and then the unilateral, unilateral cut, you know what I mean? And so, so when this woman kept talking about like, and the plastic surgeon kept talking about like, you know, like get the unilateral, get the unilateral. Cause you don't, you know, the odds of this or whatever. But then I looked at all the photos and everybody looked like a Tuskegee experiment. I mean, it was like black and white photos, you know, like just like the, the, the it was just like a, like a recurrent nightmare of like what I dealt with with my mom. Like, so, so yeah, so you just have to make sure that your doctors have dealt with people of color. You know, there, there are all these questions like keloids and like, and are they going to leave you looking like, you know, I don't want to look horrible. I mean, it's not a plastic surgery question. It's like, I want to make, maintain my self-esteem when I look in the mirror, you know? 
Yes, it's very important. I went with another friend of mine to, she was very unhappy uh, after getting the double mastectomy and having the new breast put in. And she was like, it's not, she was just very unhappy. She's like, she, and she went through extra miles. She did a whole book on what she wanted for this doctor. She had like mm -hmm. pages of everything. Wow. She had it mapped out. I mean, she was like a scientist with this. Mm -hmm. So the, and, but I went in with her and they seem to be treating her as if she doesn't know what she wants for herself. And I was really annoyed. And I said, they seem to be talking down to you. And you know what? The thing is about this vaccine and this virus, it's taught us one thing really important is that these doctors and these nurses are human, just like us. And they make mistakes. And a lot of them don't have the same opinions we have. And so that is why you really have to pay close attention and not just go in blindly going, well, there's a doctor. Well, they're a nurse. They're people too. Totally, totally. And I try to make sure that like when I talk to people that I'm talking to doctors of color too within, you know, for an opinion because they, you know, they're more familiar with what the symptoms and the signs and, um, you know, what the better path is for, for me, for a person of color. So it's really important that like, you know, um, that I'm dealing with somebody who is a person of color in my care when it comes to my care. Well, how did, oh, go ahead. I actually switched from a, um, from a white gyno to a person of color gyno. And I feel like the care was much better once I did that. I was living in Boston when I was going through all the, the hysterectomy stuff. And that first doctor ended up going back to school. And I really hope she went back to school because of me. <laughs> because she, <laughs> she really, really. How'd you find out? Um, she sent a letter. She had sent a letter out um, to her patients and it just said that, you know, she had decided to go back to school and to get a higher degree in her field. So I really hope I'm the reason why, because she really fumbled. She really, really messed up. But wow. Yeah. yeah. I've been telling a joke now where I, ju I just tell people I'm the victim of eugenics because that's really how I feel. <laughs> I really feel like that. I really do. But. Well, that's the thing too. Like I also had a problem with, um, with, uh, a, like, uh, um, fibroids. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, so they were like, I went to this one doctor and he was like, well, you need a hysterectomy. And then he gave me a book on like, like what it means to have hysterectomy. Right. But when I turned the book over, the book was like from 10 years ago. And I was like, I was like, I really don't want like vintage medical information. You know what I mean? Like, like, there's no way I'm going to let you anywhere near me if you're giving me a book from, like, that explains hysterectomies from, like, 10 years prior to this, you know, the state. Like, I, yeah. So, Jenny Saldana has just joined us. Hello. Welcome, Jenny. Hi. Hi. Hi, ladies. How are you? So, can you hey. hear me okay? Yeah, we do. We, okay, perfect. Yeah, good, we good, hear good. you great. Oh, this is good. And Beautiful. I'll be seeing you later. Um, yeah, I know. I heard. <laughs> That's what we, that's why I'm late. I was getting I know. Food. I know what he does. You didn't have to explain <laughs> it. I know. Okay. What he, I'm sorry. Cause I felt. No, no. I know what he does. I know what he does. So don't even worry about it. Um, but okay. Jenny is also a sister who is also breast can cancer, you know, patient. 
I, I struggle to say survivor because I, I feel like those who didn't survive, it's not on them. It's just, I don't know. But I, you are, we're all survivors, but, we're, you know, those who passed, they're also, you know, it's not on them that they didn't survive. Yeah. It's not on them. It's just their journey. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we're all born terminal, right? So, <laughs> here is so eventually. Well, we were just talking about, Jenny, about the uh, vaccine. I just went to pr uh, Presbyterian this morning, actually. Miss seeing you there. Oh. And um, I went to go get, talk to my radiation oncologist. And mm -hmm. one of the receptionists was not vaccinated. It's talking about how she don't want to get vaccinated and how she's going to, she, you know, how they have to get. Oh, wait, at NYP? Mm-hmm. At the girls in the front desk right there? In radiation, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not vaccinated. And so we were, I was reading about all the myths, like about, you know, like one thing to know that if you're getting the mammogram, don't get it so close to your vaccine shot because your lymph nodes will show up swelling. There is some swelling that can happen. It can show up and give you a misdiagnose. So you want to make sure you're telling your doctor if you get a mammogram, if you did get a, va a vaccine, you need to let them know that. Absolutely. Um, I, I worked in mammography. Uh, so we've had a few patients that had to come back to get just to get rescreened. So it's best to just wait a couple of weeks if you're going to get it or to just get, get your mammogram first and then get your shot afterwards. If you're if you're very close to your mammogram date, I suggest getting the mammogram first and then getting the shot after. If you're close to your mammogram date. Yeah, because I was really I don't know why I was just so surprised that in a health care environment where people are vulnerable, that they would have people working that aren't vaccinated. Well, actually what's happening at, at the hospital right now at NYP is that they're trying to enforce it and the union is trying to fight back. Mm -hmm. So the union, the 1199 is saying, trust our voices. We know, but then they have to be, then the people who don't get vaccinated at NYP have to get have to get tested every single week. Now they have to get vaccinated though, but then there's one of the doctors told me at at NYP it is because it's not FDA the vaccine is not FDA approved. And once it's FDA approved then the union will say okay. Okay, well that's coming soon. That's coming soon. It's come soon enough. I know. I know. <laughs> Jesus I know. Christ. <laughs> I know. But um and also you had a double, can you tell Suzette, you had, I think you both had a similar, you had a. Suzette, I had a, I had a, I had a, a right side mastectomy with a tram reconstruction. Is okay. that what you had? No, no, no. I, well, I had uh, cancer in my right breast, but I got, I opted for the double mastectomy because my mom uh, oh, yeah. died of breast cancer. So I was just like, like, I don't, I was like, give me the titties. I'll take the new titties. Yeah. <laughs> How long ago were you diagnosed? Uh, last year in January, January 2020, but I had my operation in June. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So June was actually my cancerversary. What, what, what? It's my, it's my boo day. It's my yes, boo day. It's my happy boo day. That's right. My cancerversary, my cancerversary, uh, well, cancer according to the American Cancer Society, you start, you start, counting your survivorship from the day of diagnosis because technically you've survived thus far. Mm -hmm. So I got diagnosed January 4th. So that's my cancer bursary. 
Oh, really? Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I was just like, yeah, I just do it from the day. I mean, you I make it what you want. Yeah, you do it what you do, but like they, they, it's from the day of diagnosis because before that, you've been surviving and just didn't know it, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know That's about why. any of this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like 22 or something, so I guess. I don't know. I'm old now. <laughs> so you actually, did? Were, were you diagnosed with cancer? Is that why you yeah, got Yeah, yeah. I have, um, so when I was 22 years old, I had my first uh, polyps. And then after that, they found cancers and precancer cells. And they've been scraping me pretty regularly. So I've never needed chemo yet. So for me, it's like, I don't feel. Or which, is it HPV? Or... Um, no, it was it, it, uh, colon. Like just, oh, colon. Yeah, yeah. And it's not genetic. Colon. So no. they did a sequencing and I know it's not genetic. My uncle did die of it and I had other family members die of it, but it's not genetic. So my clusters are not as big as somebody who is terminal. So I'm not, I never have the amount of clusters that someone who like will die soon or need chemo has. So I, I have a question for you. So are you screened like a not like a, like a person who hasn't had colon cancer or someone who has, has had um, cancer? I'm supposed to be screened like somebody who has colon cancer, but you know, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> what, what? Why? What happened? I don't know. I get, I get scared. So I don't go. So no, you I get, get scared about just, you get scared about, I mean, I get it too. So are you scared of just, the unknown, like finding out something you don't want to know. I get that. Yeah. I get, I get that. that. But yeah. yeah, but but your your cancer is the type of cancer you really have to stay on top of. I, yeah, I you know. gotta stay on yeah. top of and, yours. Yeah. yeah. And, and they will insurance companies will say, like, I mean, you know, like every five years you gotta get screened, but that's not the case. Yeah. With, it was it's ever two years it. for me. It's okay, two years, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So actually I have a, a really good friend who got diagnosed young in a uh, young colon cancer. Um uh, diagnoses and she's had it. Um, she's had, it's come back two, two times, but she's fine. And she works, she's a cancer. She's a, she's a colon cancer advocate out of Boston. Her name is, um, Evelyn Reyes. And she's, she's a great, uh, resource about anything. <laughs> if I, I can connect you with her, if you ever have any questions, but you've seen like you have. Yeah. I'm on top of it. It's just like, okay. you know, <laughs> okay. sometimes I get scared. I get that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, I get it too. I mean, you know, Jenny was it. trying to help me through my colonoscopy. They kept trying to get up my butt. <laughs> I mean, there was this one place I was like, I said, no, I'm not going to you. I'm going to someone else. But you like your, you like, you like our colonoscopy. I doctor, do, though, but they didn't do, they, I didn't do the <laughs> thing right. I didn't do the prep. Oh yeah. The prep is important and you got to, uh, yeah, the prep is great. They say they say not to eat for twelve hours, but I do a whole twenty four hours, and I get the very delicious uh, laxatives, like the one that the seltzer tasting ones. I didn't do the. Wait, tell us about that. Yeah, tell us. I did. I did. I put. I put the stuff in the in the in the um in the Gatorade. Yeah. yeah, and the Gatorade. No, the Gatorade. So it was just like drinking Gatorade, oh. but there's one that's seltzer flavor. Yeah, you can get the seltzer one. It's the saline one that you can get from like a CVS or a Walgreens. And you, I, you, I used to take like six of them and you just drink them and they taste like Sprite. And I don't drink soda anymore. So it's always like a cheat, a little cheat day. Ah. <laughs> Colonoscopy prep. So yeah, I totally, the guy, I was like, the guy was like, yeah, you didn't do the prep. I was like, oh, sorry. I mean, but <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I didn't eat. I didn't- can find the, no, you can find the wrong Gatorade. You can find blue and green Gatorade. 
I kept Jenny. I was like, Jenny, which one? Which one? And I kept going. I, I, I kept going to get Gatorade. I kept getting the wrong colors. Then I kept getting the expensive ones. Then I found out it was cheaper at this store. And then, oh, and then I didn't eat. I did not eat. I swear to God, I didn't eat. And it's like, they still said that I was like, but they, they saw enough. They said it was clear or whatever. But I, I know I have to go back in three years because it wasn't clear enough. So conclusive. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I, what I liked about the prep was that um, by the end of it, everything was clear. And I never <laughs> felt so clean in my life. Yep. And I was like, I want to do this every year. I was like, can I get the prep every year? Like, can I, like, you know what I mean? I'll do like, because fasting doesn't do that. It's like, I will do a prep. If I can get everything out of my system every year, that would be amazing. <laughs> I would do that if, 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 like, on a day that you pig out, like the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that that's like something? Wasn't that like what Fen Fen was in like the eighties or something like that? It was just a laxative that like uh, made you go all clear. Oh wow! I know that. <laughs> I know that my but then uh, people die from that. People oh, die yeah. from that. Yeah, because you're not they supposed to do it that regularly. From yeah. Fed, yes, they have to. They discontinued it or something. Yeah, I'm surprised I even remember that. I I do want to ask yeah. you this: Is that Suzette? Um, what was it like going through this treatment during this pandemic? I'm if that's okay. Could you talk to us about that? And and I'd like to know where I'd like to know where where were you treated. Okay. Well, I mean, I was treated in two different hospitals. I did my surgery and my, yeah, my, my breast surgery, I went through, um, through NYU and then my chemo and radiation, I went through MSK. And that's one thing too, people should know that you don't have to, like I said, like you have to find the right team and you can split it up. You don't have to stay. I wasn't really happy with what I was hearing from, uh, one hospital about like one thing and the other. So I believe I picked my teams like, I, I did my hospitals according to the teams that I like, but, um, but yeah, I, um, it was in January. So the thing is like, it was a little scary because you, 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 so I knew I had time, but I just didn't know how much time it, and it was taking me a long time to find the right doctors. Cause I got diagnosed in January, but I still wasn't happy by the time April came like with my doctor. And, and the thing is like, cause it was trying to get appointments too. It's like people where their calendars, the doctors that I wanted to see, the calendars were full. So by the time April came, I liked the doctor that I saw, and it was just right when they were gonna shut down the um, the surgery, like because of COVID, like all the all the um, um, operating rooms were closing down. So they were like trying to push me to make a decision. I went to see this one doctor. I really liked it. She was like, okay, we're going to, and they were so on top of it. Like, we're going to get you in. They gave me this full binder full of information. And they're like, you're going to go. But then I went to talk to the plastic surgeon and I was just not happy. I was not happy with the plastic surgeon whatsoever. And I was like, can I see another plastic surgeon that she worked with? And they showed me another one. I was like, I'm not happy with him. And then I left and then I called and I was like, does she work with any other plastic surgeons? And they were like, she does. I was like, well, can I come in and see? And they're like, no, because it's COVID. We can't let you come in to see this other plastic surgeon. I was like, screw that. I was like, I was like, okay, so what are my options? So then they put me on um, hormones until I could get, until the surgery was available. And so um, to shrink the cancer. And so when the surgery became available um, and the operating rooms opened up, it was in June, but that was great because then I had, I could take time off of work and I was off like all summer pretty much to recuperate. So the timing, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I was like, I feel like I had like a chill cancer experience. You know what I mean? It's like, it was just like, I was in control. I was hanging out okay. all summer. You know what I mean? I was drinking a little too much. Like I didn't know at the time that you should really be 
during, I was celebrating with alcohol, which like, this is a no-no, <laughs> such a no-no, those watermelon margaritas. I, I got, when I was going through chemo, I got a list of do's and don'ts. Alcohol wasn't on it, so I drank. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, like, I didn't know then, too, that I needed chemo. Like, uh, it wasn't, until, like, I I wasn't sure about chemo. And then it was like, because it's like six weeks after you get your operation or something, like, you have to have your onc type. And there was another test or something like that that would tell me if I needed chemo. So then I went in and yeah, like mid midsummer or something like that. And they're like, guess what? You need chemo. Lucky girl. Oh. And so, yeah, I got a new look. It was great because the thing is like, I wasn't sure about cutting my hair and I was like, well, the decision's made. <laughs> like I'm going to get, but like I went to one place. The thing is like, I went to one hospital and they were like, talk, we were talking about the chemo. And the woman was like, um, she kind of like waited. She wanted to like, weigh in with her colleagues got back to me a week later was like i'm gonna kind of give you what i call like chemo light and she's like you won't lose your hair or whatever but then i went for a second opinion and this doctor was like i could give you that or i could give you i believe is this which is a stronger chemo and i was like okay i'll just do this like why like i just i was like i'll do the stronger chemo just throw everything at me so that's why i switched hospitals and um yeah and then also too the dietitian like you were saying you were having Marina a problem with like the doctor talking about your weight and stuff like that. Like the dietitian was just, she was just focused on weight as opposed to the other hospital had a dietitian that they were more into like alternative therapies. And, and she, in the first hospital actually referred me to like what the work that the other hospital was doing when it came to diet and food. So I was like, why am I at this hospital if they're referring to the other hospital and their work? Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I just so because of the dietitian mostly, and then after the what the um, the oncologist told me about like like what he what treatment he thought I should get and stuff like that, I decided to switch hospitals. So that wasn't bad because that was like later in the year. So by that time when my hair fell out, it was it was cold anywhere. I was wearing. I thought I would need wigs, but it was cold, so I was wearing hats. Anyway, anyway, so the timing, the timing was good. And yeah, and then radiation was like early of early this year. So everything happened like during the winter and stuff like that, like when I was at my sickest. And and so I was, you know, people were home, you know, it was COVID. It was actually nice. I mean, like, I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything. I was all worried about you because I know they wouldn't let you. Normally you would have a friend that goes in with you and I know you can't. During COVID, you couldn't bring anyone, right? And then they had strict measures. No, I mean, like the thing is, it was crazy. It was like, I was all set. I mean, in chemo, I was like, I don't know what kind of chemo. I mean, the thing is like, chemo is crazy. Like the drugs that they give you, like I was so pumped. Like I have no, like if everybody knew how pumped you get on those drugs, everybody would want cancer. Yeah, you're on, you're on steroids. It was just like, the ste- but the thing is like the steroids were just two days. It was just before the treatment and after the treatment. But all the in between, I was like three weeks in between. I was hot. I was so, and that was the thing that I was, I wasn't worried about cancer for death. I was worried about cancer because of energy, because I'm hyper. I don't want to lose my hyperactivity. And, and because of weight, I don't want to puff up and gain weight. And so like two very vain things. I wasn't worried about like, I was like, cancer could kill me, but like, you know, let me die, whatever, <laughs> like, I didn't, and whatever. But it, yeah, so I was like, so, I mean, it was crazy. The drugs were crazy. And the thing is like, so, yeah, so I was, I was doing these, yeah, so, and I, I only like had like a lot, like a lot of fatigue, like 
like around because the thing is like they were like let's give you four and see how you do after four and then we'll give you we really want to give you six but let's see how you do after four and four i was great and the thing is like the chemo sessions i didn't have anybody in there but but my chemo sessions were so short they weren't like all day things they were like two out like 90 minutes or two hours like i couldn't get my starbucks order in there fast enough like they were like i was out of there like they just like yeah, it was you know the ladies were like late you gotta ladies i'll let you gotta go girl you gotta go i was like I was like, I would put my feet up. I turned on the TV. I was getting my, my little like TikTok camera going. Yeah, I saw and before, before that, they were like, you got to go, girl. You got to go. You were partying. Which, which, what drug were you on? What, what, what chemo did you take? Um, I had Taxol and I had okay. um, like the A one. I forgot the name. Adriamycin. I don't think it was Adriamycin. Uh, Another one. But it's so funny. Like when you get the chemo, it's like they come in there and it's like hazmat suit. <laughs> like, oh, they did. Like, okay. It's like on the moon. Like, what's going? Like, why? It's like, yeah, we they have the hazmat suit on. And I think that was because of, that was just because of COVID. Because that's not that's not the protocol for chemo. They don't chemo doesn't affect it. That's just that was just uh, I, I work in hospital, so that was just a uh, COVID protocol. That wasn't a chemo protocol. Oh, really? Oh, I thought it was because yeah. of the drug that I was on. But no, it's no, not, no, no, it's not. It's it's crazy. Like how much those drugs are. Like that, that was yeah. like one expensive. I felt really special. It was like you know they were like it was like twenty thousand a pop. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've never been treated so well yeah. in my life. I was like, I was like, I didn't want to leave my chemo pump. I was like, we got a relationship going on here. It's like we got to keep this going. I was like, I can't like leave. You know, twenty thousand dollars. Like nobody's treated me this well ever. I was like, well, it was just. I crazy. have to say, you have the best. You've always had the best attitude, Suzette, through the entire experience. That you know, I would check in on you, and I was like, I, she seems to be fine. She's she's got such a positive, right, Jenny? Do you see how she's yeah, like? You sound, yeah, you you sound great. I mean, but I think that when you said you you didn't want to leave your chemo pump, I think it's it was more my interpretation of what you just said is that um I didn't want the last day of chemo. I didn't want to leave, but it's because more of a a dependency thing like i was just like you're just gonna throw me out there you mean i'm done and marina you went through that a little bit like when you're done with treatment you go through this phase where you're like now what i'm out here you're leaving me alone and even though your doctors are there it's not the same as having to go to to radiation have and, and having them to check you all the time it, it doesn't feel the same anymore there's a little bit of a of a security blanket that aspect of the care that we get as cancer as cancer patients that once we're well enough to be let out of the nest. We feel a little, yes, that, you know, that, discombobulated. that discombobulated and yeah, that last day, I, you know, I saw you Suzette on your last day and I thought it was so sweet and you had that little moment. You just kind of cried a little bit and I, I rang the bell and I was, I don't know why, because I felt like, do I ring this bell? I felt like this was so easy radiation for me anyway. Uh, by the way, I was on stage saying that I said radiation for me was pretty easy. And this woman in the front row, she was like, what? How can you say that radiation is easy? I go, please don't make this about you. I'm telling my story. Can you stop? I don't know how many of you, either any of you, this is for all of you, had to deal with people and their projections onto you on how to take care of yourself. I'll start with, I'll start with you, Noye, because I haven't heard. From you in a second oh i have to deal with that a lot especially with the colonoscopy thing because like now that i'm 35 i have like more friends 
that are now starting to get their first colonoscopies. And I love it. I'm like, oh, I have advice. I like, this is what you should do. Like, if you want it to be real easy, if you want to be clear early. And people get so offended with that. They're just like, oh, it's not easy. Doing those aren't easy. I'm like, well, I've had like three, no, more than that. I've had like four or five of them now. So, you, I mean, I'm just trying to give you advice. Um, but people do get... Oh, it's so weird. I don't that, know we what that, that is. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't know why people get so offended like that when you're just trying to help them out, make it smooth for them, or just tell them that it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be scary. That's pretty much all I'm trying to say. And then people get very offended. I don't know what that is. I don't know what psychologically is causing that, but yeah. Yeah. But are these people who are just having a colonoscopy, a regular colonoscopy, or people who have had been diagnosed with 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 colon cancer? Uh, so a f- I never pry, but I just assume that there's a reason that their doctors are telling them. And and now that we're in our 30s, I the assumption I make is, oh, they're at the age where their doctors want them to start getting them, or they have a family member, or they might have, you know, they might be dealing with what I'm dealing with. Uh, but mm-hmm. I I try not to ask them unless they tell me, you know? So, and mm-hmm. so I don't know. I don't know if they're scared. They're very scared and that's what their reaction is. That could be what it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jenny? For me, I mean, it's been, I think I'm the senior person when it comes to cancer survivorship here in the group. So I've been going through this. I- I'm used to giving people advice. What what I think is um, once we're on this side of it, it's, it's, we see it differently than the people who are about to, who are in it. And that's, I went through that when somebody said to me, Oh, you're going to be okay. I said, look at you, you graduated. That's what I said. You're already graduated. I haven't graduated yet. And so what I've, what I've experienced is, um, the, up like when I was going through it, people giving me advice that I didn't need, you know, or people telling me things that, uh, there was just, you know, Oh, well, what did you eat? What did you, what did you do to get it? You know, things like that. And that's what I got. I got a lot of that. I got a lot of, um, you know, I had a man tell me, you got to go see my wife's doctor. Like when I first got diagnosed, this is at a bar. Like, I don't know how it turned, it came up. That I was like, oh, I just got diagnosed at a bar, Suzette. I was drinking <laughs> it was at a bar. And, um, and it was just when I first got diagnosed and I was just, I was, I think it was right before I went to treatment. So I just struck up a conversation with someone and we just started talking about it. And he's like, you got to go to my wife's doctor. He's the best. I'm like, well, how's your wife doing? Like, she died. I'm like, yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> I know, don't tell me. I don't want to go to your dead wife's doctor. I know that he didn't kill her, but I don't think that's the way you should lead. You shouldn't lead with that. <laughs> you know? So I just think that uh, I got a lot of, I got a lot of, you know, uh, opinions from people. And, and I think that like, like, uh, like you said, when, um, when we talk about things being easier or not as difficult as we anticipated, I, I get more pushback from the people I call civilians, people who've never had cancer. Like I've had set, I, I've had uh, sets on stage where I said something about cancer. This belligerent guy was like, "Fuck you, cancer! You don't beat cancer!" And, it, and like he went off. And everyone that I've ever that I've ever encountered who's been uncomfortable with any of my cancer jokes has never had cancer. Mm. That's my reality. Yeah. Yeah, I had someone who was like, well, uh, Jenny, you know, like they were just telling me what I should do and like, oh, you're going to go and get that radiation. Really? That's what you're going to do to your body. I mean, like, but I found that they weren't really talking to me. 
That's what I noticed. I was like, they're not no, even they talking about to themselves. Me. They're talking about themselves. They're afraid. It's like, like, like tell people, don't tell anyone. I, I've said this even on the podcast. Don't tell anyone that they're going to be okay. Oh, you'll be fine. Because that's, you're doing that for yourself. You're dismissing that person. When, when someone comes to you and afraid to be like, you'll be fine. You're dismissing how they feel. Don't tell me you'll be, I'll be fine. Cause you don't know that. Right. You're, you're crystal ball. So don't, so the people who are telling you that are people like, Oh my God, you're going to go get this. You're going to go get that. They're afraid. And guess what? If they got sick, they'd have, they have everything thrown at them too. Yeah. You know, I, I said, listen, my ex-boyfriend's ex-girlfriend died of breast cancer at 31 when we were, when we were together. And I remember thinking, kill me. If that ever happens to me, I said that kill me. I can't lose a breast and I'm not losing my hair. I said that. And guess what? Three months later, I got diagnosed. Wow. Yeah, it's just one. It's very. I th I always felt like, for us being, you know, dealing with something like cancer, the pandemic was not as difficult to understand, because we have been um, introduced to death. Really, like it's it was not a joke for us. It was really right there, um, and there's nothing like that feeling of finding out. Like I cannot even go back to that time but i remember when i heard it remember i called you jenny i was crying yeah i didn't know what mm -hmm. to do i was like i don't what is going on yeah and i think that is where the country is is like people have all been told they've been diagnosed with cancer and they are acting crazy on some of them I are think that's a great analogy that's a great yes, that's yeah, exactly that's a great what analogy. that's a great analogy yeah because it's 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 like the the stages of grief, you know. There's denial and all of these things that they're doing, and because I I see when I talk, even talk to my friends about this, they get everyone has different reactions. I've seen all of it, and I'm like, yeah, they've all been we've all been diagnosed, and it's just you decide how you want to treat this and how you want to treat yourself, and how you want to take care of your family. Now, speaking of this. Um, Let's get dive into some of these topics here. Officials split on masking up children in schools as pediatric hospitals fill up with COVID-19 patients. Mass mandate polarization is increasing as the state local officials disagree on how to approach face coverings protocols in schools as the number of children contracting COVID-19 rises. Children's hospitals are overwhelmed in states with the highest rate of new cases per capita state and local officials have have not streamlined mandates leading to local school districts to dictate rules regarding masks in schools these rules vary from masks being necessary to exemption for pupils whose parents opt them out with a signed note and then you've got desantis acting like a fucking idiot i swear to god that i don't i really don't like him not only do i not like, like not like him my parents live in florida and when i went to go i went in november um, so right before the, the, the vaccine was out and I, I was, I went, I went in hazmat. I wrote, I got on the, on the plane in the hazmat. So remember Marina, <laughs> I was like covered from head to toe. But first of all, I didn't, I mean, I know that news is filtered differently, no matter where you are, but I didn't realize how badly the news is filtered in Florida because my father who didn't vote for Trump, but sounds like a Trumpist just because he lives in Miami. And he just says like, he thinks Pelosi is responsible for the insurrection. My God. Yes. <laughs> he's like, he doesn't know. Not, he's like, well, she has something to do. You know, she could have done. I was like, I, I don't need, I'm not even. So DeSantis is just feeding more misinformation and they have the highest rate. They're ground zero right now for COVID and he doesn't care. Yeah. They're in he Louisiana. Doesn't care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. I that's the part I don't get. It's um. But didn't the Louisiana the, the, didn't the Louisiana governor uh like wrote went uh like walked it back and said that he he that he changed his tune about the masks and the vaccine. Yeah, they're actually yeah. and they're closing down again. They're shutting down in Louisiana, so they're trying to save lives down there. DeSantis isn't even trying. Yeah, it's Which like is. in the face, it's this person Greenberg said this in this other article. It says it's becoming increasingly clear that this variant poses serious risks to children. It seems to me that our governor is content to send our kids into a slaughterhouse to score political points with his base. And there's no excuse for not following the science. I mean, that's it. I mean, I, I you know, they're he's being a politician. And he doesn't care about these children. I, how do you not? How? But in Florida, does your father? I was wondering, does he see that with DeSantis? I don't know what his opinion about DeSantis is, but he like he. And then it's a house divided. My dad got vaccinated. My mom still think it's the chip. Like, oh, <laughs> like oh no, she's slowly coming around slowly because one of her other fanatic friends got it. So now that her other fanatic friends got it. Then it must then it must be godly, and so therefore she can do it. But um, you know, I, I don't. Uh, he he just says he just goes he just says well you know everybody's going their own way. Uh, black people are getting extreme. White people are getting extremes, and and we're Latinos are stuck in the middle. I'm like no, we're not. Pick a side. <laughs> this is the worst part of this pandemic is the race part, and yeah. I blame politicians for that one. Because I've been 45. Yeah. For, well, yes, but they're all guilty of it. And even, Fox News. Even even Democrats, mm -hmm. by the way, when 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 we talk about Republicans not wanting to get vaccinated, we're leaving out the fact that there are also black people who don't want to get vaccinated. It's people who don't want to get vaccinated. So remember when it was like, Oh, black people don't want to get vaccinated because of the history of the Tuskegee experience. They like they hammered us with that part. And there's like so many other reasons why black people don't want to get vaccinated, by the way. It's not just the Tuskegee. Tell me. Yeah, Tuskegee point because everyone's getting it. You think it, kids are running point. around going Tuskegee experience? No. Come on. The average kid? The average kid is not going holding up the Tuskegee experiment as to why they're not getting back. They're misinformation in the household misinformation is from generations sure but let's talk about what's happening right now then all of a sudden it was republicans don't want to get vaccinated oh so then we forgot about the black people who didn't want to get vaccinated oh what happened to that we can't do the stories together oh because they're different people oh because there's different races this is the problem should have never have made it about this and this group and that until after the shit is done because we are the clinical trial <laughs> globally <Yeah>. right <laughs> So after this is done, then you could talk about what group did it and what group did this. There's no real studies out yet because they're not done studying. I'm so exactly. furious. And then these babies. Well, Corona, Corona in and of itself has been around for a while. So that's why I don't feel, that's why I wasn't that, I wasn't that worried about the vaccine because Corona has been around for a while. Um, I don't know if you knew this, uh, Marina, but our friend who passed away, Angelo, at one point when he got really sick, he had Corona. It wasn't. COVID, but he had Corona. I yeah, did not he had know corona. that. Oh yeah, he got when he got the when he when he got sick and he got a cold. It was Corona. I remember. Um, it was coronavirus. So Corona's been around. So we've been that's we've been testing it at different levels at different at different um 
reincarnations of it for a long, long time. That's why I'm not that. That's why I wasn't that concerned. That's a, and 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 these kids. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think that the fact that I mean, I love that you said that we're we're the clinical trial, but I actually know an, an actor, a black actor, who was part of phase one and phase two and phase three of the of the clinical trial for this for this drug. Oh wow! Because um, he said, yeah. Um, Verton is his name. Verton Banks. <laughs> he does a lot of commercials. Oh, he sounds sexy. Yeah, that's a good name. Hey, Verton. Yeah. Yeah. Three times. Hey, three times. Hey, three times. Hey, Ooh, I'm gonna give me a clinical trial, Verton. Funny. He plays for the other team, but yeah, he's cute. Oh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> oh. oh, speaking of the other team, let's talk about this. Um, about <laughs> the only reason I put this in here, and I swear to God, I've been so mad at her. I wasn't going to say her name, but she always makes me laugh, and I forgive her every single time. Is Yamanika has been going off <laughs> about um, Alfonso Rivera facing the backlash. Fresh Prince star Alfonso Rivera has gone viral for oh, a recent just, interview in which he claims yeah. that his marriage to a white woman is the reason he has not been accepted by the black community. After these claims, people took to Twitter to criticize Rivera, saying that no one has ever criticized him for having a white wife. And one Twitter user posted an old video of Rivera on stage telling vulgar jokes about his lust for white women. I, oh, I didn't know that was an old video, implying Ooh. that these comments, not his interracial marriage, are why many people don't pay him mind. Oh. Have you guys seen this? Yes, I saw. I it. saw it. I saw the video. What you? I saw it with Keith. He was like, "He's just playing." Oh, he's just yeah. What do you think, Noya? Um. See, all right. So it's hard because I am in an interracial marriage, but I have to say, at no point did I think anybody was blaming his wife or anything. You know, and that video. I mean, I hate it when black people. I was gonna say black men specifically, but black people who are in interracial relationships tell jokes like that because if anything when I tell jokes about mine it's always the negative side because there's so much negative and to like and to talk about the lust part there's none of that to be honest I don't know it's just ooh, he fed into the stereotype <laughs> of why someone does enter because I, I yeah. you know the reason I brought this out of um about he's not into you know women um what's his name again Alfonso, Alfonso. No, uh, the, your friend who got the trials. Oh, Verton. Over, over, Verton. Verton Banks. Because I feel like Verton Banks. <laughs> Noya remembers. <laughs> oh, you would have been a better match than me. Look, I just. Um, but the reason I brought that up is because I don't really. Is there a difference between interracial dating and homosexuality? Like, as far as hate for interracial dating and hate for like inter um, homosexual couples or same sex marriage, because I feel like you can sort of equate the two when people are mean to interracial couples. I think it's the same type of hate or is it different? I feel like it's, I feel like it's different. Just I'm, you know, I feel like a couple of us are, a few of us are a member of the LGBT, right? Like we're bees. A few of us. So like there are there's a lot of interracial dating in the gay community. Um, and honestly, I feel like in the gay community, it's preferred to date interracially because there's that whole thing where the white couples all look like 
siblings. I won't, I won't say more, um, but, but there's a lot of that where the white couples look like siblings. So uh, I don't know. I feel like as someone who's in an interracial relationship, I wouldn't say that hate is the same as homophobia at all. I think homophobia is way worse. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's way worse. My my husband, yeah. he used to always say like, oh, wow, I didn't realize how bad racism was till we were together because he would, all of a sudden, he would see all the racist comments and they'd be like pointed towards him and all that other stuff. But I was on the other end where all of a sudden I would have to defend my blackness to people until I didn't care anymore. Now I don't care. I'm just you like- You think that that's where he was doing, trying to defend his black? Because how did this come up? Who He was defending his blackness for sure. But yeah. what? But why? What happened? What triggered the video came him up. having to? Yeah. Well, oh, so that's what happened. The video was resurfaced, and he said that he had to say that black that 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 the community didn't accept him. You know why I don't expect accept him because he doesn't speak Spanish and he's Dominican. Oh, oh, no, really? Uh -oh. I didn't know that. Oh, really? Jenny, uh -oh. <laughs> like, come now, because <laughs> I don't speak Calabari. No. <laughs> I didn't know he was Dominican. Oh, that's right, Alfonso. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I didn't say that. Oh, so he's more he's him. more black American than Dominican then. So there we go. Yeah, he he was yeah, he was raised black American. Yeah, he's, he's a black Dominican, but he was raised black American. He doesn't yeah. he was he was like I once saw him get interviewed in Dominican Republic and it was painful because he was like trying to speak Spanish and it was so horrible. Oh the oh, poor wow. guy, he's like out of all groups. They asked them like, "What do you?" Well, no, I mean, listen, th that's a whole other that's a whole other podcast about like Latinos and retaining our our culture and and assimilation, and that's a whole other thing. He fully assimilated, is what happened. He was raised to fully assimilate. I mean, he was the tap dance kid on Broadway. Yeah, that's who he was. He was Still he was a tap dance kid on Broadway, and and he was remember he was the one that did the Pepsi commercial with Michael. Yes. He was a little Michael Jackson impersonator at a young yes, age. Yes, yes, he was that. So he has been. He he has. He was raised in the black community. I I don't consider him a Dominican man. He technically is, but I consider him an African American man. Mm -hmm. Wow, as opposed to like a Dominican American or a black Dominican, I consider him. But yeah, he he doesn't. If he wants to, if he really wants to get hate, go to DR. He'll get a lot of that. Oh, uh -oh. <laughs> for, not, for not for not speaking <laughs> Spanish, but they'll but they'll but but they'll 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 pull out the red carpet for him bringing home a white girl. <laughs> oh, oh shit! Yeah. I, I wasn't gonna say it, but yes. <laughs> Yes, they I, would. Yes, it, they you know would. what's crazy though? Like, it's so corny when people tell those types of jokes about interracial dating. Though it's always corny, and it mm -hmm. always like says something about them, like something deeper. And the reason mm -hmm. he's getting hate is because we can see that he self hates. He hates himself in yes. some level. That's so corny. Yes. I mean, if you're telling again, I tell interracial jokes, but it's all about how it's terrible. It's never about. <laughs> it's never about how it's good. Um, Cause there's so much terrible and I just don't understand how people get, no, for real. I don't understand how black people who are in relationships with white people get to the good part. Like what, what? <laughs> how, like how much, how do you get to the good part when you're telling jokes? I don't even understand that. Anyway, what were you going to say? I used, I, I was, I was with, a, I was with an Irish cop for a long, long time. Okay. And the, but the, the jokes ended when we broke up because I used to tell these jokes about how, I, but the jokes were stereotypically Irish. Like, oh, you know, he doesn't drink, but he beats me. So we're good. Like I used to say stuff like that, but he never, I mean, yeah, yeah. but it would be funny because we were together, but it's so funny what, what, a what, a what a tense can change. Cause I changed. Cause I, when we broke up, I said, oh, I, we broke, I, I said, he beat me. 
And people believed it. So I had to stop telling the joke because people thought I left him because he beat me. Whereas when I was with him, I was like, yeah, I'm dating an Irish cop. You know, he doesn't drink, but he beat me. So it all evens out. Like I used to do stuff like that. And um, now I'm like, I can't do the joke, but I've never, I, I didn't, I think the hardest part for me dating, dating seriously, because we were talking marriage at one point, was dating somebody that wasn't Latino or was, it was more his friends than him and his, his family was great. It was the, the treatment from like the, the periphery. Yep. You know, because I told him, I said, all your friends will fuck me, but they never bring me home. Yep. He's like, that's not true. I was like, all right, you think that. I see them when they look at me. <laughs> I'm so lucky my husband has no friends. But the family, <laughs> the family part is the hard part for us, too. And I, te- I keep telling people, like, if you're going to date interracially, make sure they're an orphan. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. Make sure they're an orphan. Um, the family tries hard, but, you know. It's no, his no family, I've never had, a, I'm still friends with his, like his family. Like I still go to family events without him. Oh, really? Oh, wow. That's how close I, yeah. Like I, they're, they're more in my family than they are his. Wow. Like I hang, I, I, I go to Thanksgiving dinner. I do all that shit. He doesn't go. I go. I think that the, the worst part of the judgment or that people have, and I do uh, in a sense with Alfonso, I do understand where he's coming from in a sense that he, d- he's never felt like he belongs, obviously. And he feels like he's being attacked, and so he's being defensive, right? And I do get that. Is he being, he's being attacked because he because of the video, the video, and his defensive, okay. like why and what he said and how awful it was, and probably where it came from. But, and I think that's it. Is like it's it's an awful defensiveness of of his reaction is just being defensive in 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 the video and outside of the video. But I get it, too, because there's a lot like black, black people can be really mean to someone who chooses to love someone who's not black. You know, we can really go in and attack and be hurtful. And I've always been like, now, that's just not right. That's not right. You cannot you should not attack a black man for dating a white woman. You don't know anything about him, how he met her. You are generalizing him. You're making this out to be something you're projecting onto him, whatever feelings you have about black men with white women. You don't know them. So that's none of your business. Mind your business. Same thing with black women when they date white men. That's, I used to get it too. No, I used to be out. I, my, one of my old jokes was a black man going, why my sister, why? And I was like, <laughs> he would go, why my new being queen? Why? And I was like, because he bought me a drink. <laughs> it's that simple. That's, That's why. That and, simple. You know what? But look at what Serena Williams says. What Serena Williams that she's gotten shit for marrying yes. a white man. Yeah. And she, but she said certain things about black men, though. She did say certain things about black men. Oh, did I didn't hear those. Things. See the defense. It's like you know what? It's like you're gonna hurt me. She well, said no. treat me. Yeah. Look it up. She Serena Williams. She's like, well, what he treated he treated me better than any black man I ever met. And wow. that's that's her. If you're gonna make her get to that point where she has to say something like that, that's because you're attacking her, you know. So she's yeah. letting that out. So I feel like with Alfonso, it's like obviously he's been attacked. He's feeling attacked. So he's saying something irresponsible. Obviously, you know, it's like of course he. There, in all the history of being black in America, all you want is to be accepted by. Black white people want to be accepted by black people. You know what I mean? So definitely if you're black and you're not accepted, it's hurtful. 
I was on my live last, not this Saturday, but the Saturday before. And some guy was on my page talking about, oh, she, she's, she thinks white is right. And I was like, who is this person? And I was like, oh, they're looking at one of my old comedy jokes and they think this is who I am. And I was like, because I've dated a white guy, I was like, this is all of me. This is all of what he thinks I am. I was like, this is what people, they take a little nugget away, but all he's doing is projecting onto me something that he feels that has nothing to do with me. So I didn't get upset. I was just like, you know, um, just because I dated a white guy doesn't mean I, I don't like black men. That's not true. That's not true for me anyway. And um, sorry that your sex life is miserable. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pretty much. Speaking of white women, a- Amy Cooper says she was scared of black men and of, of a black man. And now she's terrified of walking her dog. Have you guys seen this? Yeah. Amy Cooper made yeah. headlines I last thought, year. Yeah. And you know, the root is so great because the way they break it down, um, she's she's like playing a victim and claiming she was threatened and intimidated by Christian Cooper and began recording and completely changed his demeanor. She also got, went on to say that now she's terrified to take her dog for a walk because because what if someone sees me go into a home and realize it's where I live? She also said this, that she would like to tell Christian, you scared me. Just leave it there and leave it to him to respond back to me. That's all I want to do. All I know is it couldn't be me. My response would have, oh, 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 this is what Ruth said. All I know is it couldn't have been me because my response would have had her call on the police again. That's what, yeah. the, that's what the Ruth said. <laughs> if you had asked me that. About her, about her saying that she was just scared. Yeah. So what are you saying? I mean, the man had a camera in his hand. The man had a camera in his hand. I mean, it, it, like, I, I don't care what this, this is, this is, a, I, I don't even want to give her my breath. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she, yeah. And the reason she came out with this is just so she would stay in the news cycle too, because no one even remembers what she looks like. What is she even talking about? Yeah, and, she's doing, and she's doing, her, she's suing her employer, isn't she? Yeah, she is. And, and yeah. remember, I don't know if y'all remember back when, he had the chance to sue her, take her dog away, all this stuff, and he decided to forgive her. If he hadn't done that, there would have been consequences. She wouldn't have been able to sue her employer. She wouldn't have been able to do any of that. And that's the reason when things like this happen to us, we have to take action because now she gets to play the victim. And it's partially his fault because he did not take enough action. And I get that he was tired and he didn't want to have to deal with it, but you have to deal with it when it's something that's public. You do. Because now we have to hear about her a year later. Why do we have to still be here? We gotta, de- we gotta deal with her white woman tears. Exactly. That's it. We gotta, we gotta, we got now we gotta put up with her white girl tears. The I don't fact care. that she still even has a dog is crazy. <laughs> she, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that um, I, I, it's crazy that she's given this platform. I, who is giving her this platform anyway? And uh, I mean, if she's scared to go out, then get rid of the dog. And stay home. I mean, this is the perfect time during COVID to stay home. But I think it's really funny, though. Like, Christian Cooper, he he's cute, but he is a... I mean, I think that he's a, he's funny in that he's aggressive, but aggressive in the right way. Like, he's, he's, you know, he's a nerd. He's aggressive about birds, and he's going after. But he, does, but he doesn't deserve anything that he's gotten through Amy Cooper. But I just think that he is a very kind of unique and, and like, uh, like, fun individual. Like, he... He's aggressive, but in the like the right way, 
And, um, and I think that he should actually get more of a platform than like, why is this woman getting the platform and not him? You know what I mean? It was the New York Post, which no one should be reading, by the way. (laughs) The New York Post is so racist, so conservative, so full of bullshit. They gave her a voice. That's why. Mm -hmm. I hate the New York Post. Mm -hmm. It's a horrible, (laughs) horrible, one-sided. Ugh. I, I, I can't stand them. So, um, oh, and by the way, speaking of Central Park, and bird watching and having your dogs on a leash. The owl died in Central Park. Oh, oh the snow owl? Is that the one? Like the one that was randomly? No, no it wasn't a snow. Oh. He wasn't a snow owl. A snow owl would be white. He was just like a regular, he was like a miniature owl, but he wasn't afraid of people, so people would see him a lot. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. See, which I didn't probably know that was, Which contributed probably to his death because he got comfortable. He got comfortable with it. But I know, I know the way they tell that story. My, I'm side eyeing the story about how the owl died. They say he flew into one of those vehicles that one of those Central Park vehicles. I've seen those people. Okay, I, t- I sound like some angry white woman now, but I've seen the, the little Central Park carts and stuff. And I've seen, I just know that a lot of them ain't thinking about no owl when they're driving through and they've almost run me down a couple of times. So they may not want to say it, but someone hit the owl and I want to know who hit the owl. <laughs> Cause I'm very upset about the owl's death because wow. I, that was the one thing so sweet going to central park and seeing this owl in the tree and COVID it was COVID. And we were, people were like, we you saw COVID. him. Like I wouldn't have, where were you? Which side, you know, that there is at least, like 30 species of birds in Central Park that live there. They're unique to Central Park. Like, how did you see? I never saw the owl. I just knew he was Everybody there. Everybody was out. He was, you would see people gather underneath the tree. And I was like, oh, there's the owl. Keith, Keith, is, <laughs> Keith is giving the thumbs down to the owl over there. Tell, Keith, I kn- well, Keith ain't supposed to be listening. Keith, shush, shush. Sh- you're the reason Jenny's late, and I know it's your fault. I know <laughs> it is. He can't. He can't hear you. He can't hear you. So Barbie, she says, "Shush." <laughs> Barbie released a line celebrating global COVID nineteen oh. heroes, but we feel like someone's missing. Mattel Barbie dolls have released six new dolls honoring experts in their fields who have shown unprecedented courage during a challenging time as part of their Thank You Hero series. While it's great to see Barbie represent a broad range of women, one COVID hero seems to be missing from these one-of-a-kind dolls. Dr. Oh, no, I cannot say her name. Kismekia Corbett. What a name. I mean, that's spelled K-I-Z-Z-M-E-K-I-A. Whoa. Look, they're going to cancel me because I did that. (laughs) <laughs> Dr. Kismekia Corbett, the African-American immunologist who Dr. Fossey himself has, has credited with being heavily involved in the development of the Moderna vaccine. She should have a doubt, but here's the thing, right? I'm going to say this real quick. If you want to give her a doubt, you give her a doubt, right? Yeah, you could just, honestly, looking at her, she looks like a Barbie already. You could just buy a normal Barbie, put a lab coat on it, and just be like, that's her. Is that mean to say? I don't know. She does look like a Barbie. <laughs> I think it's extra. I think it's it's just reason to, it's just complaining for complaining sakes. Is If they had just only put out white Barbies, I would have had a problem. Mm-hmm. But there are other, there are, so it's just, okay, maybe whatever. I don't, it's not that big. Like I can't, I, I don't know. If that's the, to me, that's the millennial mentality. <laughs> sorry if some of you, I mean, I'm like, I'm not going to deal with like, everybody doesn't get a, a prize. I'm sorry. 
I know, yeah. As I'm down. And maybe they just couldn't get in contact with her people, too. That could be as simple as that. She yeah, maybe she refused being supposed to didn't want one. Yeah, you can't, you like, know? answer it. It's like, it's like, I mean, yeah, like, why Why doesn't Fauci get a doll? Why isn't that a Fauci Ken? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, but the thing is, like, it's like if I'm eight, it's like, it's like, if I get these dolls, it's like, well, well what is, what is it? It's like, you know, like, yeah. how does my Barbie talk to this doll? It's like, you know, like this, this doll is talking about like, you know, like, oh, so I just like did 24 hours and watched like 40 of my colleagues die. And my, what's my Barbie going to say? Like, I got a cell phone. Like what, it, like, what's the conversation going to be? You know, like these kids have already gone through like, you know, like two years of like being stuck in the house and, and being online. And then, and you're going to throw somebody at them who has been like, you know, like I've carried like half my, my half of the people I work with into a, a, a morgue truck because, you know, like, you know, like the morgues are full. Like, I don't understand like the purpose of like, who is going to be buying this stuff? Like, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like for a 54 year old gay nurse, like who, like a gay male, nurse, like who is buying these, like who would have, you know, I, I would understand like buying That's collectibles. Yeah, it's, a, it's like, cause I mean, like, you know, like all my Barbies are basically like limbs apart in a box underneath the bed. It's like, you know, and then, they, and then they've got all of these little like accoutrements, like the pearls and that, you know, I mean, it's everything a chihuahua wants to eat. Adults love Barbies. Like I have a girlfriend who still collects yeah, Barbies. Collect I actually them. bought her, I yeah. bought her a Barbie Lambo at a estate sale and she was so happy. Just a little Barbie Lamborghini. And she is 42. <laughs> I had, I used to, I had the Barbie dream house, the Barbie townhouse. I had the, I had a bubble bath for her. I had every Barbie you could imagine. And now I'm obsessed with Wonder Woman. Like people give me Wonder Woman dolls in their box and I save them all. So I get if, if it's, you're doing it for collector's items, but you're not, nobody's going to do that. They're going to be discontinued next year. I'm telling you. They, they need to have uh, like the evil side of <laughs> <laughs> Ask Mr. Robinson. Louder. Yeah. I'm just gonna get louder, Mr. Robinson. Uh-huh. Go ahead, Suzette. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. No, I think that they need to have sort of like some sort of like drama and all this, you know, like like why don't you get sort of the evil side of of this whole COVID thing, you know, like the Mike Lindell with a tiny pillow. You know what I mean? Like just have something so that there's, you know, something for the other dolls to do. <laughs> to beat up oh my god <laughs> well the insurrection dolls coming out the insurrection dolls an anti-vaccine yeah. doll yeah exactly the yeah. girl who went to congress and complained about masks the drunk woman yeah <laughs> the one who put the trying to put her key on her seat she's the one that tried to put her key on look i'm a ta- I'm the, the, the key's gonna stick to me and the key kept falling down. these people are crazy <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Andrew Cuomo for a second and how we feel about his charges and an increase. So Andrew Cuomo's risk of facing charges increased in light of the criminal complaint, a criminal one, from an executive assistant who will remain unnamed publicly, but she did go and do an interview, so I guess she's not unnamed. Well, she's unnamed, but we we know we know who you are whose report has been compiled along with 10 other women's account of assault against Governor Cuomo. How are we feeling about Governor Cuomo? Like, I had a crush on him last summer, and now I gotta be honest, I'm having a very difficult time with him now, but <laughs> I still want him to be in charge, but I, I feel like, is that my issue? I have an issue. Because I think, I think- he's a pig, but I still think he, like, the thing with 
putting older people, uh, the, the uh, senior citizens in the nursing homes, he fucked that up bad. Mm -hmm. And he needs to, there needs to be, he needs to deal with that. And he lied. Do you think he's like DeSantis though? He's not like DeSantis, but I mean, it, uh, a nasty man is a nasty man. You know, he's, he's, he's a nasty man. We know that he probably did some of the shit that he's being accused of. He's nasty. Um, <laughs> I've said that like three times. He's a uh, he, killed, he killed all these old people. It's like he's done. He did a lot of good that seemed good. But if you really start to unwrap it all, he wasn't really doing that much good. And I think there's somebody in his camp or just another person that we could elect that would do a better job. I guess. You know, he or that yeah. Yeah, I think that there's just a level of arrogance in government that like, I mean, I was a homosexual too. And I was, and I think we needed, he was there for when we needed him. But I, there was definitely something, there's just this level of arrogance. And I think it's like just very common in New York, not just Paul, but just like in New York, it's just like this the degree of power, you know? And, and the fact that he, I, I, I've never, even through this whole thing, I've never liked this sort of dynamic between him and de Blasio, even though the, I mean, they were, you know, Blasio was a, a bit of a fuck up, but it's just like, he's also our mayor. It's like, you guys can't be at odds. Like you guys have to be a team in getting us to the finish line and not like sort of like the way that he would trip de Blasio up. Like he have a meeting and then de Blasio would announce something and then he'd go like, I'm the governor. Like it's what I said. I don't care what the block. I mean, like, I'm like, like it's a, it's a pandemic. Like, why are you guys doing this fighting on camera? <laughs> you know well, I mean? Cuomo had an ego. It's all these egos. Yeah, it's ego. And then as soon as he started bringing Chris Rock out and all that stuff to do his morning announcements, we knew the, this guy can't be trusted, narcissist, all that stuff. That's crazy. That's wild to bring out like Larry David. What? He brought and Chris, Chris Rock. Chris That's and, so and Rosie Perez. Yeah, That's so that. weird. It was I a TV that. show that I never I wanted that was, to miss. Oh, me yeah, either. I, I love that. that. To me, that was, it got people, it got people. It's like when I hear Rosie's voice on the train, I'm like, yeah, girl. Oh, that's <laughs> cool. That is I cool. Love it. Hearing Rosie's voice on the train <laughs> is one thing. Hearing Eric Andres is another. I don't need Eric to tell me. <laughs> Eric, <laughs> who like doesn't mind like stripping naked, pooping in camera, t giving me advice on the subway. I love Eric Andre, but I, when I heard Eric's voice, I was like, get the fuck here. <laughs> Eric Andre wants you to mask up. Eric, I, really? <laughs> but I, I did. I, I, I. You know, it's so funny how how I even fell into the Hollywood of Cuomo, and it just says a lot about like how I view politics and how like in general people view politics. Like De Blasio is infuriating because he's a dope. But I'm also not attracted to de Blasio. So that could be part of it, too. Oh, we can't hear you, Jenny. Oh, I think she's talking to Keith. Oh, she's yeah. talking to Keith. <laughs> Tell him to shut his he's trap. He's yelling at her or something. <laughs> I know he's yelling because she's when we're talking about Cuomo, I know he's got a lot to say. But you want to translate his bullshit for us? Oh, can we try and <laughs> pretend we know what he's saying? <laughs> Keith, what do you want to have to say about Cuomo? What are you asking me? Oh, he gave me a big thumbs down for Cuomo. Okay. Well, Keith never liked him. I agree. Oh, he gave, he gave, no, he gave him a thumbs up because now that he's a groper, Keith is what? on board with that. <laughs> 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 I, 
Keith is like, go gropers. I mean, Cuomo had a degree of charisma, but the thing I think is kind of like most, uh, uh, I guess, jarring is, I guess, the number of women in his circle that were like, you know, covering for him. Yeah, protecting him. It's like, uh, you know, it's like the Ghislaine Maxwell of, you know, Jeffrey Epstein. It's like, you know, and then, and then, and also people from Times Up. I mean, oh, that is, I'm just, that's mortifying. I think me. that's because people want to get me too right. And there is no right way. And there's just like, there's no light assault. There's all assault. Yeah. Well, my, yeah, my me too may not be your me too. Yeah. <laughs> Ser- no, in the sense that, like, I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. There was a, um, so funny there was this female comedian who ended up dating this guy that i went out with and um pat brown knew that i knew the other girl and she's like oh he said he did this this and that to her and i was like oh he did that to me that didn't bug me and i think that was a cultural difference as a latina it didn't bother me and bothered her as a black woman it's a latina like, ah. so i just so it me to her it didn't mean to me you know yeah that mm-hmm. yeah you're right like but the, also I think the thing that stood out to me the most, the thing that bothered me the most is that these were women who had ambition. And when women have ambition, it's looked as if they're trying to get something from a man. And that's what it turned into. Mm. It's like, and then they, and then we've had Lindsay Boylan on the podcast. We've had her on several times. She sort of like hinted at the fact that Cuomo was a pig when she was on. And they've tried Mm. to just, you know, she ran for Manhattan Borough president. She didn't win. And they are trashing her and they are bringing out wow. everything. Because again, it's how dare this woman stand up and, 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 and how dare she, like she deserves a career. Doesn't she deserve mm-hmm. a career? Absolutely. She does. I do think that women need to start assaulting men more often though. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they can understand how it feels. I mean, it does happen, but not. it's rare. <laughs> but you know what, Marina? You feel about him the way, like, I, I am a Clinton apologist. Like, he can do no wrong for me. Like, I love him. Really? Even with all the prison stuff? Really? Yeah, I love him. He put so many yeah, yeah. in prison. All right. I love him. <laughs> I guess, I mean, people are like that with Obama, too, because it's like, they're, like they, he's yeah, a symbolic yeah. president, Obama, and even though he bombed a bunch of children. Obama. And what, what and he, I... And he, and he, he's the, and he, he, um... It affected people. I know he, he was, he was the biggest deporter. Yeah, biggest chief. deporter. So, and I still love him. Biden's still now love- coming in strong too. But here's the thing that I always tell people about U S presidents. None of them should be idolized. They're all warlords. They always have been warlords. That's the job. So there you go. They're all going to be bad. Mm-hmm. You're right about, you know, and Zainab said this once, she said, Marina, you would be, you ups, were upset about how they wrote about Obama in a piece. Cause you feel like we should just respect Obama. But if they were saying that about Trump, you'd be in agreement. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like Obama had this big birthday bash. And I was like trashing Chappelle for having his VIP camp in Ohio. But yeah. I said nothing when I was like, Oh, I wish I could be at Obama's birthday. But the thing is, <laughs> is like, he did, he said he scaled back, but I don't think so. And like, yeah. while the Delta virus is like, and while we're all trying to, and people were unmasked, I saw, um, Erica Badu's video where she's like, I think Amy Schumer was there. I don't know if that was a joke. Cause she was in her pajamas. 
But she said she said she was at Obama's birthday party. So I was wondering if she was really there. Um, It looked like she was showing her social distancing by still being in a pajama outfit. (laughs) But yeah, it's like, you know, it says President Barack Obama celebrated his 60th birthday at Martha's Vineyard with hundreds of guests, including Tom Hanks, Beyonce, Bradley Cooper, George Clooney and more. Though the plan was to keep the party under wraps, several guests posted media from the event event to social media, including videos of Obama dancing maskless amongst partygoers. Now we we attacked Republicans for doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, but but okay, but we we don't know if everybody got screened. Everybody was probably like it, it's like going. I went. I just came from from Iowa on a wedding. Everybody had to show their their vaccination. Everybody had to be you know. We don't know how much if Chappelle did the same thing, make sure everybody was screened before they got in or whatever. So we don't see that part. It's still the idea. I, that I know, but the optics are not good. The optics are not I've good. I've been on the vineyard the same weekend as Obama's uh, birthday before because they do this other event. Um, and I, you know, I lived in Massachusetts and he did not scale back if there are a hundred people there because every, every year he does it there. It's, it's over a hundred people. It's like a hundred to 200 people that show up for his birthday so he didn't scale back yeah yeah i, I mean i think i think like if i'm gonna get COVID, i want to get it from beyonce <laughs> it, just gives, it just gives halo a whole new meaning you know what i mean <laughs> but um no but it's but the thing is like you gotta celebrate because you know you have to celebrate any black man that makes a class 19 you know what i mean it's like this is the 19th birthday it comes you gotta like everybody's gotta come out because it's like the way things are going like you know so he, he's got like yeah, it's it's okay. You know what I mean? Like Bradley Cooper or whatever. I can get the Bradley Cooper COVID. I'm sure that they have like special COVID anyway. They got celebrity COVID. <laughs> yeah, they honestly probably have their own variant the way they've been traveling. All of them. <laughs> honestly, they probably do. And honestly, I can't I feel bad for criticizing celebrities for some parties because I've been to a party or two. I know you have. I know. We, I've seen you there, Marina. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> look, I always say as much as I judge it, I would have been there. Exactly. As exactly. much as I judge the VIP <laughs> Chappelle camp, I would have flown my black ass there in a second <laughs> because I, they looked like they were having so much. I was jealous. That's That's the part, I guess, for me that is the thing is that regular people are looking at and they like to imitate what celebrities are doing and like the Kardashians are doing and like Obama's throwing this party. So people are, and it's just getting kind of crazy. So I feel like it's not a good example. And Obama kind of, yes, he did let me down. It's hard for me to say it, but yes, he did. But the example there was that there, there were plenty of vegetables. So I'm sure Michelle was happy. It was great. It was like, <laughs> this, like the tons of food, <laughs> lots of veggies. <laughs> Well, this is a good place to get come to a close so I can head out to uh, <laughs> where Jen's at and yell at Keith. Uh, yeah, I'm waiting for you. I want to thank you ladies so much for joining me today. I'm so glad this came together. It was really, you guys are a great group. It was fun with you all. It really, really, it was like easy, you know, with you guys. So thank you. Um, I want to ask Noye where our listeners can find you and then give us a friends like us. Yes, uh, you can find me at noyecomedy.com, N-O-N-Y-E comedy.com. All my socials are there. Noni Fizz on Instagram, at that Noye on Twitter. And with friends like us, you don't need to party with Obama. We're fun enough. You can just hang out with us and not get special celebrity COVID. Oh. All right. 
that was good. Suzette, where can I listen? Okay. And tell them about the Lincoln show. Oh, yeah. So I'm having a show at Lincoln Center and Marina has agreed to be um, one of our lovely, lovely headliners. So we're really excited about that. And um, NY Last actually went from being um, a show in, in, in New York Park's all around the city and now we're like at Lincoln Center which is the dream but the reality is that we really want to stay so we're hoping that maybe somebody out there might have a um might do an endowment that would be amazing you know like Oprah 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 calling but anyway um yeah so um so you can find us at Strong Black Boobs um talking about cancer but you can also um uh, um hear about my advocacy when it comes to using comedy as a way to build community in the city at NY Laughs and so check out our shows at Lincoln Center. Um, Marina's going to be on Friday, um, August 27th at 8 p.m. And it's a whole weekend, though, right? There's like uh, Ida Rodriguez is also there. and, and um, On the 26th, yeah. On August 26th, Ida Rodriguez and then Sam J on August 28th. And everything's at 8 p.m. and it's free. It's free. Oh, I did not know that. Oh, yeah. That's the whole purpose of NY Last is about using um, free uh uh, free comedy in public spaces to be able to build a better New York, New York City uh, um, to enrich lives and also to um, deepen an appreciation of stand-up as a cultural asset because it's not, I think it's it's not as value, devalued among um, you know, a, among the arts in the city. With friends like us, um, my, my titties are so happy. So yeah, I, I appreciate that you gave my titties to friends like us. Uh, yeah, my titties have a great platform. So thank you so much for giving my titties a voice. My tatas. My tatas. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, Suzette. Jenny? Oh, hi. I'm Jenny Saldana. And um, you can find my... I'm going back out there. So you can find my schedule on uh, JennySaldana.com. J-E-N-N-Y-S-A-L-D-A-N-A.com. I'm The Little Brown Girl Show on Instagram. And with friends like us... We can make excuses for all the politicians we love. Ah, <laughs> these are really good ones. Oh, it's going to be a hard I love it. Go to my website, marinafranklin.com. Yes, come and check me out at the Lincoln Center, August 27th yes. at 8 p.m. Go. Yes, and uh, it's free. And free. yeah, and it's, and I guess you make sure you bring that Vax card because you can't get in. Mm-hmm. So with friends like us, you can't get in unless you got your Vax card, <laughs> or at least wear that mask if you want to be a friend yeah. like us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we're I'm all putting. Gonna... I'm writing it in my book right now. Check, Check us out. out. <laughs> yes.